0: Devahutya of of Devahuti. Pati, Pati. husband. Husband. Prabhu, Prabhu. the master. master. Manasaha, Manasaha from the mind. mind. Dehitaha, Dehitaha from the body. body. Cha, also. Also. Edam, Edam. this. This. Jagi, developed. Vishwa, Vishwa, the universe. Krita, of the creator. creator. Jagat, cosmic, cosmic manifestation. Translation by His Divine Grace, Sri LaPrabhupan. Mm-hmm. Sage Kardama, husband of the great Devahuti, was manifested from the shadow of Brahma. Thus all became manifested either from either the body or the mind of Brahmā. Please repeat. Sage Kardamā, husband of the great great Devahūti, was manifested from the shadow shadow of Brahmā. Thus all became manifested manifested. from either the body body or the mind of Brahmā. by Srila Prabhupada Although one of the three modes of material nature is always prominent, they are never represented unalloyed by one another. Even in the most prominent existence of the two lower qualities, the modes of passion and ignorance, there is sometimes a tinge of the mode of goodness. Therefore, all the sons generated from the body or the mind of Brahma were in the modes of passion and ignorance, but some of them, like kardama, were born in the mode of goodness. Narda was born in the transcendental state of Brahma. Chaya ya kardamo jagi deva ya pati Prabhu, manaso dehitas chedam jagi vishwa krito jagat. Sage kardama Come on. Disappeared on me. Sage Kardama, husband of the great Devahuti, was manifested from the shadow of Brahmā. Thus all became manifested from either the body or the mind of Brahmā. Mukum karoti bachalam phamgamlāga yategarim jat kripa tamaham pande sri gurum dinatādinu So we're talking about the different offspring uh, produced by Lord Brahma in pursuance of the order of the Lord to populate the universe. So once the universe is created, you got all these planets and everything, you need somebody to live there. And because actually the universe is intended uh, as a place of residence for the conditioned souls. but not simply as a place of residence or simply a place for the conditioned souls to carry out their uh, nefarious activities separately from Krishna, but the real purpose of the universe is to um, provide a facility for the rectification of the conditioned souls, whereby they can perform devotional service, Krishna consciousness, and then once again return back to the spiritual world. So that is the goal of all the conditioned souls, the goal of life. But not everyone realizes that. Almost no one realizes that, as a matter of fact. <coughs> Except for those who have been privileged to become enlightened by the mercy of the spiritual master, Brahmanda brahmiti kona bhagavan jiva. When one becomes very fortunate bhagavan, bhagya means fortunate. Or lucky. Um, bhagyavan means one who possesses such good fortune. Um, brahmanda Brahmite, wandering up and down the different universes uh, in various species of life and wonders going hither and thither, up and down, up and down, but one becomes very fortunate. Guru Krishna Prasadipai Bhakti beach uh, Such a bhagyavan jiva, fortunate living entity gets the mercy of guru krishna prasadibhai of krishna in the form of the spiritual master who plants the seed of the uh, creeper of devotion the bhakti lata bija within the heart and then uh, having gained that great fortune in that great beginning then one can progress on the path of devotional service so uh, we we're very fortunate to be in that position So today's verse is speaking about um, Kardamamuni specifically, and uh, a few chapters ahead, we'll get into the story of Kardamamuni and Devahuti and their uh, son, Lord Kapiladev, the Personality of Godhead. So it's a very wonderful account. Chapter 21 recounts a conversation between Swayambhuva Manu and Kardamamuni. And so, in this conversation, Vidura is asking Maitreya, O holy Brahmana, O sinless one, you have spoken of his daughter known by the name Devahuti, that's the daughter of Swayambhuva Manu, as the wife of the sage Kardama, the lord of created beings. How many offspring did that great yogi beget through the princess, who was endowed with eightfold perfection in the yoga principles? Oh, pray, tell me this, for I'm eager to hear it. The great sage Maitre replied, Commanded by Lord Brahma to beget children in the worlds, the worshipful Kardamamuni practiced penance on the bank of the river Saraswati for a period of 10,000 years. So he was uh, Serious about his penance since he did that for 10,000 years. It's a long time. Of course in the Satya Yuga people would live 100,000 years. So, 10,000 years of austerity. And during that period of penance, the great sage Kardama, by worship through devotional service in trance, propitiated the personality of Godhead, who is the quick bestower of all blessings upon those who flee to him for protection. So, as we heard earlier, the four Kumaras, when they were asked to engage in this process of procreation, they refused. Oh, thanks, but no thanks. We'll just remain like little children, brahmacharis, sages, and we'll not get involved in this. So then Brahma turned to Nardamuni, who also said, yeah, I don't think so, me either. Mm. And uh, Brahma was angry, of course. And then we heard previously how he cursed uh, Narada Muni, says, you don't want to take the family life, I curse you. You're going to take birth as a Gandharva, you're going to have 50 wives and they're going to be on your case all the time. Because there's 50 of them, you can't get away. So he became this Gandharva named Upabharana. He was a great singer. And <clears throat> he had so many wives and he was very attractive. So one time the demigods were having a Sankirtan festival. Uh, a festival of the chanting of the Holy Name. But Upabarna was not engaging in the kirtan. Instead he was off to the side with his wives and his followers and his friends. And he was singing mundane music. Prabhupada says in one place, cinema songs. (laughs) Like in the Bollywood movies they always have song and dance. So he was singing some, you know, like some Hindi Bollywood songs. and um, because of this he was cursed again by the demigods. Hey, we're having Sankirtan Festival. It's supposed to be chanting Hare Krishna and you're singing the mundane songs. So, uh, you are a very low class so we curse you to take birth as a shudra. So then he took birth as the son of a shudrani, um, a maidservant woman and he didn't really know whose his father was. And so he was just a small boy with his mother. And then the place where she was staying and serving, some great sadhus came during the Chaturmasya. It is the habit of the sadhus. During the Chaturmasya, which is the rainy season in India, which is right now, it tends to be very rainy a lot. So they will stay in one place and perform austerities. For the duration of the chaturmasya, and follow the different types of fasting, um, eating only once in a day, uh, not shaving, uh, different things like this. So, at the place, the inn where his mother was the maidservant, they were staying there. And then Nardamuni got to take the remnants of their prasadam, and he became purified. He also became attracted to hearing their Krishna Kata. Because when the Sastatus were gathered there, they were not talking about the latest politics and business. You know, Fox News, CNN, NPR. They were not talking about all these things. They were just talking Krishna Katha only. And uh, Nardamuni took the remnants of their prasad and became purified. And then uh, they went on their way, but they blessed him and gave him their mercy. Then, not long after that, his mother passed away, and he was by himself. And he began to wander and travel uh, throughout the Lord's creation, uh, which is the business of the sadhu, or the mendicant, uh, to see all the varieties of the Lord's creation, to go everywhere, and to not have any livelihood other than hearing and chanting, and depend upon the Lord's mercy. And then he was meditating on the forest, and he actually got the darshan of the Lord. And the Lord told him, I'm very pleased with you performing your meditation, your austerities. And he says, I regret to inform you that you will not see me again in this lifetime. But then after the end of that lifetime, he returned to his position as Narada Muni, the sage among the demigods. So he took a couple of births, Upabharana, the cinema singing Gandharva, and then the son of the maidservant. Then he returned to once again uh, his position as Nardarishi, also known as Devarishi, the sage among the demigods. So just a little bit of background there, wonderful story. During that period of penance, oh, we read that verse, yeah. Then in the Satya Yuga, the Lotusite Supreme Personality of Godhead, being pleased, being pleased with the austerities of Kardama Muni, showed himself to that Kardama Muni and displayed his transcendental form, which can only be understood through the Vedas. Kardama Muni saw the supreme personality of Godhead, who is free from material contamination, in his eternal form, effulgent like the sun wearing a garland of white lotuses and water lilies. The Lord was clad in spotless yellow silk, and his lotus face was fringed with slick, dark locks of curly hair. Adorned with a crown and earrings, he held his characteristic conch, disc, and mace in three of his hands, and a white lily in the fourth. He glanced about in a happy, smiling mood, whose sight captivates the heart of all devotees a golden streak on his chest, the famous Kaushtuba gem, suspended from his neck, he stood in the air with his lotus feet placed on the shoulders of Garuda. When Kardamamuni actually realized the supreme personality of Godhead in person, he was greatly satisfied <coughs> because his transcendental desire was fulfilled. He fell on the ground with his head bowed to offer obeisances unto the lotus feet of the Lord his heart naturally full of love of God. With folded hands, he satisfied the Lord with prayers. I'm just going to continue reading uh, most of the rest of this chapter because it's such a beautiful narration. The great sage, Kardama said, O supreme worshipful Lord, my power of sight is now fulfilled, having attained the greatest perfection of the sight of you, who are the reservoir of all existences. Through many successive bursts of deep meditation, advanced yogis aspire to see your transcendental form. Your lotus feet are the true vessel to take one across the ocean of mundane nescience. Only persons deprived of their intelligence by the spell of the deluding energy will worship those feet with a view to attain the trivial and momentary pleasures of the senses, which even persons rotting in hell can attain. However, O my Lord, you are so kind that you bestow mercy even upon them. And you may be surprised by what he says next, unless you're familiar with this narration. Therefore, desiring to marry a girl of like disposition who may prove to be a veritable cow of plenty in my married life, to satisfy my lustful desire, I too have sought the shelter of your lotus feet, which are the source of everything, for you are like a desire tree. So surprised to hear Kardama talk like that. He's such a great sadhu and a great devotee. But the Bhagavatam explains in the seventh in the second canto, um, Akama sarvakam Ba Moksha Kama Udaradi tivrena bhakti Jogina, yajeta Purushamparam, that regardless of one's position whether one is akama completely free of all desire sarva-kama filled with all material desires moksha-kama or simply desiring liberation from material existence he should by all means tivrena bhakti-jogena engage in the process of bhakti yoga, worship the lotus feet of the Lord, which is tivra, like the ray of sun, very powerful, uh, very purifying. Param. Uh, then one can return to that supreme person. Uh, so he's admitting that he wanted to get married. You know, I can remember a time when I was wearing saffron many decades ago, and to admit that one wanted to get married was like a laughable thing, (laughs) although it is normal, ordinary thing. Um, And then so many jokes were made uh, when a devotee would announce his attention to want to get married by changing from saffron color, the almighty worshipful saffron, to white, wearing white. And many jokes would be bandied about. Oh, what happened? You dropped your doties in the bleach? <laughs> Somebody must have left some bleach in the washing machine when you put your dotie in. Now it has become white. And then the ladies, um, who were also desiring to get married, when they, some devotee would ask them to be their wife, then they were also very expert at being able to take that saffron dye out of the dhoti. They knew just what chemicals to put in the washing machine also and make everything very sparkling white. Great science, a great art. That was (coughs) like secret knowledge that the ladies all knew very expertly. So he is saying that in order to satisfy my material desires, I too have sought shelter at your lotus feet which are the source of everything, for you are like a desire tree. A desire tree is a very special type of tree. We don't have much experience of a desire tree. You go to a mango tree, you can get a mango. You go to an orange tree, you can get an orange. You go to an apple tree, you can get an apple. You go to a desire tree, you can get anything. No problem. No problem. Anything you want, you can have. Uh, we heard the story of uh, Vashishta and Vishwamita from Shastivar when he was here. Uh, when, when uh, he came to the sages' ashram and he manifested all this stuff, this palace and all this great prasad and everything, how'd you do that? You know, oh, it's my secret, I have a Kama Denu. A spiritual cow which can fulfill any desires. Kama means desire. So um, similarly, there are desire trees called Karpavriksha, and that tree will give you anything that you want: gold, diamonds, opulence, anything you want. It's called Karpavriksha. Chintamani <coughs> Prakrasadmasu Kalpavriksha. in the Lord Brahma's description in the Brahma Samhita, verse twenty-nine. He describes how the spiritual world is uh, constituted of various wonderful things. Chintamani prakarasadmasu. The houses are like Chintamani stones. You know, a Chintamani stone is a miracle touchstone. Anything you touch turns to gold. It's the Midas touch. You know the story of Sanatana Goswami and the Chintamani stone one devotee heard that Sanatana Goswami had a Chintamani stone. And he wanted that. So he went to him and asked him, um, I want the most valuable thing you have. He said, well, I don't know the most valuable thing I have. He said, I want the Chintamani stone. He goes, oh, oh, you want the Chintamani stone? I thought you wanted the most valuable thing I have. No, the Chintamani stone, yeah, that's over there in the garbage pile. You, so you go take it. So he took it, and he thought, well, wait a minute. Why, if it's the Chimini stone, that's like, that's the goal of life right there. You can get anything, you can have anything you want. Everything turns to gold, you become rich. Why is he keeping it in the uh, garbage pile, though? Does he have something more valuable than the Chimini stone? That's so valuable that the Chimini stone is just useless thing in the garbage? So he went back to him. said, pardon me, sir. I don't mean to beg the question, but um, since you are keeping the Chintamani stone in the trash pile, you have something more valuable, I think. He said, yes, I do. I have something much more valuable than the Chintamani stone. I want to have it. All right, well, first you have to throw the Chintamani stone back in the garbage pile. Ooh. Okay, he threw it back in the pile. And then Sanatana Goswami gave him uh, the holy name of Krishna, which is the reservoir of divine love of Godhead. And so that person, he gave up all his material desires to become a worshiper of the holy name of Krishna. So Karnama continues, Oh my Lord, you are the master and leader of all living entities. Under your direction, all conditioned souls, as if bound by rope, are constantly engaged in satisfying their desires. Following them, O embodiment of religion, I also bear oblations for you who are eternal time. However, persons who have given up stereotyped worldly affairs and the beastly followers of these affairs, and who have taken shelter of the umbrella of your lotus feet by drinking the intoxicating nectar of your qualities And activities and discussions with one another can be freed from the primary necessities of the material body. Isn't that a beautiful shloka? Uh. So to become Krishna conscious, it means that we should give up worldly affairs and the association of persons the beastly followers, he calls them, of these affairs. Give up that association, give up those desires, and take shelter at the cooling shade of the lotus feet of the Lord, which are like an umbrella that cover one, give one shade. (coughs) And that process of taking that shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord means to drink the intoxicating nectar of the Lord's qualities and activities and discussions with one another. That is the process of Krishna consciousness. Nivratatarshire Upagi Yamanad Bhavashadac Chotam This uh, engaging in the discussion of the nectar of the pastimes of Krishna and his holy name is the real cure, bhavoshidach uh, chotam for the disease that afflicts us, that disease, that bhava roga. Roga means disease. Bhava-roga means the disease of our material existence, of our material attachment. So who will not take advantage of this wonderful process of Krishna consciousness, this drinking the nectar of the pastimes of the Lord, except a butcher or one who is killing his own self. Butcher is a very sinful uh, occupation. Is a very sinful life. One is simply involved in chopping up the bodies of animals. Very sinful activity. Which are bought and sold for consumption by sinful persons. So one should not be engaged in that activity. So either the butcher or you can say a person who is killing his own self. Who is killing any chance he has of engaging in spiritual life? Uh, only such persons would not be interested in taking shelter of the nectar of Krishna Katha. Tavakatam ritam tapta jivanam, kavibhir beer idi sam kama shravana mangalam, Srimad Atatam, buvi grinanti yeburi dhaajanah. This is a prayer uh, spoken by the gopis to Krishna. Tavakatam. Tava katamritam, jivanam. That the nectar of your words and activities, Krishna Kata, Tava katamritam, jivanam. It is the life and soul of those who are suffering in this material world. Shravana Mangalam, Sri These narrations are so auspicious. This hearing, Shravana Mangalam. Mangala means auspicious. Just like every day we go to mangala artik, or every day we should go to mangala artik. Mangala means auspicious artik. Uh, so that is the auspicious way to begin the day. Uh, mangala, shravanam mangalam srimad atatam Grinanti Yabudi Dajanaha. These narrations are so wonderful and are filled with spiritual power, spiritual potency as is explained in the 3rd uh, canto, 25th chapter uh, in the <clears throat> discussion between Lord Kapiladev the son of Kardamamuni, who is he is an incarnation of Godhead and his mother Devahuti are having this discussion uh, and there it said Satam prashangam Gam Mamavirya Sam Bhavanti Hritkarna Rasayana Kataha that in the association of devotees there is always this uh, krishna-katha being exchanged, being spoken, being vibrated. And it is very relishable. Indeed, Karna rasayana-katha. It enters into the ear, karna. And it has a very mystical and potent effect upon the heart. So therefore, it is both pleasing to the ear to hear Krishna-kata, and it is pleasing to the heart to hear Krishna-kata. So it's not just you know, going in one ear, going out the other. That's like mundane sound vibration. But it goes in the ear and enters into the heart. So, in the association of devotees, this Krishna-kata is very powerful. It enters into the ear, and um, the mind of the hearer becomes very pleased, and the heart also becomes pleased. Bhavanti-hrit-karna-rasayana-kata And it has the effect of uh, freeing one from repeated birth and death. So, that is the process. So that verse is emphasizing hearing Krishna Gita in the association of devotees. Not just going off into the forest with a you know, copy of Bhagavad Gita and saying, now I'll be a self realized. No, you have to remain in the association of devotees to get the true magnified potency, uh, spiritual potency of Krishna Gita. Next, Kardama says, Your wheel, he's talking about the chakra of the Lord, which has three naves, rotates around the axis of the imperishable Brahman. It has 13 spokes, 360 joints, six rims, and numberless leaves carved upon it. Though its revolution cuts short the lifespan of the entire creation, this wheel of tremendous velocity cannot touch the lifespan of the devotees of the Lord. My dear Lord, You alone create the universes. O Personality of Godhead, desiring to create these universes, you create them, maintain them, and again wind them up by your own energies, which are under the control of your second energy, called Yogamaya. Just as a spider creates a cobweb by its own energy and again winds it up. My dear Lord, although it is not your desire, you manifest this creation of gross and subtle elements, just for our sensual, sensual satisfaction. Our means the, us we conditioned souls. The Lord is manifesting the universe uh, for the sense happiness of the conditioned souls. Let your causeless mercy be be upon us, for you have appeared before us in your eternal form, adorned with a splendid wreath of tulsi leaves. I continuously offer my respectful obeisances unto your lotus feet, of which it is worth worthy to take shelter, because you shower all benedictions on the insignificant. You know that verse? Hey Krishna, Karuna Sindhu, Dina Hey Krishna, oh my Lord, Karuna Sindhu, Karuna means mercy. Karuna Sindhu, you're the ocean of mercy dina Jagatpate, and you are the friend of the fallen. To give all living entities detachment from fruit of activity by realizing you, you have expanded these material worlds by your own energy. Maitreya resumed, sincerely extolled in these words, Lord Vishnu shining very beautifully on the shoulders of Goduda replied with words as sweet as nectar. His eyebrows moved gracefully as he looked at the sage with a smile full of affection. The Supreme Lord said, Having come to know what was in your mind, I have already arranged for that which you, for which you have worshipped me well through your mental and sensory discipline. The Lord continued, My dear Rishi, O leader of the living entities, for those who serve me in devotion by worshipping me especially persons like you who have given up everything unto me. There is never any question of frustration. The emperor Swayam the son of Lord Brahma, who is well known for his righteous acts, has his seat in Brahmavarta and rules over the earth with its seven oceans. The day after tomorrow, O Brahmana, that celebrated emperor who is expert in religious activities will come here with his queen, Chateau Rupa, wishing to see you. He has a grown-up daughter whose eyes are black. She is ready for marriage, and she has good character and all good qualities. She is also searching for a good husband. My dear sir, her parents will come to see you, who are exactly suitable for her, just to deliver their daughter as your wife. That princess, a holy sage, will be just the type you have been thinking of in your heart for all these long years. She will soon be yours and will serve you to your heart's content. She will bring forth nine daughters from the seed sown in her by you, and through the daughters you beget, the sages will duly beget children. With your heart cleansed by properly carrying out my command, resigning to me the fruits of all your acts, you will finally attain to me. Showing compassion to all living entities, you will attain self-realization. Giving assurance of safety to all, you will perceive your own self as well as the universe, in me, and myself in you. O great sage, I shall manifest my own plenary portion through your wife, Devahuti, along with your nine daughters, and I shall instruct her in the system of philosophy that deals with the ultimate principles or categories. That's called Sankhya. That is the philosophy of Lord Kapila. Sankhya. Sankhya means counting, literally. But in a broader sense, it means a scientific analysis of understanding the truth through analyzing uh, all the material elements and the soul which moves behind the scene and ultimately the supreme soul who is the source of the spirit soul. That's called Sankhya. Actually, after Lord Kapiladev appeared as their son, then after some time, Karda left home to go to the forest for self-realization, which is a really amazing pastime because the Lord is right there as his son. So he didn't need to go anywhere. He had the Supreme Personality of Godhead as his own son. Why should he leave home? Why should he go anywhere? He's got it all right there. But still, just to show the example, and he is considered to be a great leader amongst all the living entities, a great Rishi. He went out for self-realization and achieved his goal. And meanwhile, Lord Kapila Dave stayed home with his mother, Devahuti, and she requested him to instruct her in the science of self-realization. Because she felt disturbed by the material energy. And so she wanted some relief in the form of instruction in Krishna consciousness, which Lord Kapila did very nicely provided to her, and which is explained later on uh, in this canto. I'm reading here from chapter 21 and then Lord Kapila's instructions Chapter 24, chapter 25 uh, are there. Thus, having spoken to Muni, the Lord, who reveals himself only when the senses are in Krishna consciousness, departed from that lake called Bindu Sarovara, which was encircled by the river Sarasati. So, um, we're reminded of that verse. Um, the Lord reveals himself when he's pleased with one who engages his senses in the service of the Lord who is the master of the senses. Rishikesha. Rishika means the senses. Isha means the Lord. Rishikesha. So when we engage our senses in the service of the supreme master of the senses, Rishikesha, then he becomes pleased with us and he reveals himself to the devotee, as said here, who reveals himself only when the senses are in Krishna consciousness. While the sage stood looking on, the Lord left by the pathway leading to Vaikuntha, a path extolled by all great liberated souls. The sage stood listening as the hymns, forming the basis of the Sama Veda, were vibrated by the flapping wings of the Lord's carrier, Garuda. How cool is that? When he flaps his wings, the hymns of the Samaveda are vibrated. So, that is some history, background, and narration about Kardamamuni, the great self realized rishi, who is one of the prominent sons of Lord Brahma. Um, manifested from the mode of goodness. So any questions or comments on any of these topics? Surely someone must have something to contribute to the discussion. Ganga? In the beginning, we talked, we recorded from other I've been thinking about it, how because the love of God is eternally manifest in the heart. Robert said we were originally Krishna conscious entities, but it sounds like it'll be the the placing of the bhakti lata be. It seems like it's, there's something from the outside coming in, but then it's, it's all Krishna's different. mercy. Krishna's mercy activates that because the <coughs> that. Nitya siddha krishna prema sadhu kabunai. Shravanadi shudi chitta karya udai. Krishna prema is eternally situated within the heart of the living entity. (coughs) Nitya siddha krishna prema sadhu kabunai. It is not something to be gained from some external source. It is already there. But shravanadi shudi chitta karya udai. By engaging in the process of (coughs) shravanadi, hearing and chanting, then that Krishna-prema is awakened, but one needs the mercy of Krishna to begin that process of hearing and chanting. That mercy is given in the form of the Bhakti-lata-bhij, which is Krishna's mercy that is given to one by the spiritual master. Would you say that's the, the instructions? That's right. Through association. <clears throat> one receives that seed and then one takes it up and begins to engage in the process of bhakti yoga. Someone takes it up, someone else doesn't take it up. Someone doesn't someone may not have any opportunity to take it. So they don't although they're a spirit soul, they're part and parcel of Krishna, still they remain in forgetfulness because they haven't received that mercy, that bhakti lata bija, Could be in the form of one of Srila Prabhupada's books, given by a devotee. I just saw something really nice on Dandavatsa. There was a devotee. He was born in Morocco. So he was born in a Muslim family. He was living in London. And he was doing very nicely. had his own house, nice girlfriend good business, making a lot of money. And he just said that none of this is making me happy. So he sold his house, broke up with his girlfriend, bought himself a van, and decided to drive across Europe and head towards India. And just the day before he left, his brother gave him a science of self-realization, which he just tossed in the back of the van. And six months later, he was in Istanbul, Turkey. And he was searching, searching, searching for something. He read the Quran, he wasn't satisfied. And then he came across, across that science of self-realization in the back of the van with his other junk. You can relate to that. He pulled it out and began to read it and became a devotee. Then he got in his van and drove on to India and went to Vrindavan. Where he surrendered at the Krishna Balaram Mandir. Then he heard about Mayapur, so then he got in his van and he drove to Mayapur and um, joined the Bhakta program there, and then got initiated and became part of the they have a Muslim preaching team, and now he's back in Istanbul where they have a temple. And he was so much appreciating the mercy of anyone who distributes Prabhupada's books. Or he even said printing, publishing, packaging, shipping. Anyone who has anything to do with Prabhupada's books, I fall down at their lotus feet. So that Bhakti Lata Beach came to him in the form of Srila Prabhupada. Science of Self-Realization. Any other questions or comments? Please. Okay, thank you all very much. Śrīla Prabhupāda kīja. Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam kīja.